The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan, and I will be your host for today. And uh, before I get started, I would probably just like to say two things. One, this episode might have a bit of a different feel uh, than previous episodes. And two, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm married to a mental health professional, but I myself am not trained or anything like that. Um, today, I just want to share a bit of my personal story and experience with fear, worry, anxiety, whatever kind of word you want to put on it. Um, I, in a week, I am headed uh, to Africa once again. I'll be in West Africa working with one of our Forge ambassadors in that area of the world. And last night, I found myself having yet another anxiety attack. Um, the way they look for me are, uh, I often like start to feel uh, like can't control uh, my muscle movements, especially in my hands and my breathing changes. And like, I, I, I guess the best way for me to share it is it feels really out of control. Um, that might be surprising uh, to some people on here to know that I have struggles with that kind of thing. Um, but I do uh, for my whole life. I've always been uh, an anxious person uh, as early as I can remember. My parents um, would tell you story after story, and I think I've shared some of them on the podcast already, uh, but my parents would tell you story after story about how anxious I was growing up. Um, so anxious, in fact, that uh, I I would hardly find myself leaving my, my house. Um, Obviously, I went to school, but at school, I was really socially isolated. Um, did, I ha I've always had a hard time making friends. And uh, yeah, at at friend with the few people that I could make friends with, um, I often found myself like if I was to go over to their house uh, to hang out or even for a sleepover, it was an in anxiety inducing thing. I used to vomit. Uh, unfortunately, sadly, there, there's a couple of friends' houses I vomited in because I got so anxious about being away from home, about being away from my family. It was just, uh, in simple terms, it was really hard. And uh, that anxiety really controlled and manipulated me. I, I spent a lot of time um, just really isolated and really afraid to do almost anything. Um, when I first found out that Christians traveled out of the United States in order to share the gospel with other people, it was surprising to me. That, that wasn't a concept that I was very familiar with growing up, um, and it scared me. It, it, it scared me because I, I didn't, 
I, I think it scared me most of all because I didn't want it to be true for me. I didn't want it to be true that God might call someone like me to go and share the gospel with other people in a different part of the world. Um, in my mind, I was barely able to say hello to the other kid at the lunch table, let alone able to get in an airplane, fly several thousand miles, touch down in a place I've never been, speak a language I've never spoke, you know, be in a culture I've never been in before and share the gospel there. Um, it was, it was, it was bad. <laughs> uh, it, it got to the point where I, in defense of my position of never wanting to leave the United States to go and share the gospel in defense of my position, I decided that I was going to mock those who did go. Uh, so I would, I would call them down. I would say, why would you ever leave the United States? Don't you know how much need we have here? <laughs> and like, I didn't understand the the need of the gospel in other places around the world. I, I didn't fully grasp the reality that not everybody really has access to Jesus in the same way that I have access to Jesus. But, but that was, so I, I didn't really fully understand the need, but the, the truth behind it is the reason I mocked people was because I was afraid. I was afraid that God would call me. And uh, I, like that fear, that anxiety, that just paralyzing stuff just crippled me for my whole life. Um, in 2012, the summer after my freshman year of high school, God was doing something, or my freshman year of college, sorry. Uh, God was doing something really remarkable in my life. Um, he was laying the foundation of what would be the most transforming period of time in my entire in my entire life so far. Um, I'm not going to say that God can't do more or that he won't do it again. But so far, uh, he was these months uh, leading up to the fall of 2012 were were some of the most profound in my life. And uh, one of the things that started all of this was I, I had followed my high school girlfriend to college, which I don't recommend. And uh, we had broken up that fall. And it's a incredibly long story, but I was in a really low spot. Um, we had made whatever friends we had made together and we were away from family. So I had basically no built in social time. Um, I would go entire days, maybe saying 50 or 60 words. And uh, just to put that in terms that we can all understand, like a 30 minute podcast is probably several thousand words. Uh, so to, to say less than a hundred words in a day, that's like, please, thank you. Can I turn the light off? You know, that's like 10 words right there. You know, um, I, I, I was incredibly low, emotionally low, and everything like that. And I sensed that God was beginning to do something because I started going to church. So I had gone to church my whole life, but hadn't found a new church in my, in my college town yet and uh, got really intentional about finding a new church. And I realized that there was something about being in the presence of other believers. There was something about when believers coming together and God's, God's presence being there uh, that was attractive to me. Like when I would join with the body of Christ in a place, I would feel 
physically different. And uh, like it was like a almost a, a remedy to my depression, this depression. I, I never got diagnosed or anything, but I don't know what other word, this real lowness that was going on in my life at that point. Anyway, so uh, God, God began to work in me and he began to help me to ask the right questions. Um, one of the really important questions that he began to ask me to that he began to ask me to ask <laughs> was, Nathan, what is it that I'm calling you to? Because my whole life, I've shared this on the podcast before, I wanted to be an engineer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to uh, get paid a lot of money to do something that I really enjoyed and was good at. And it was going to be awesome. And so I just assumed, like I, no one ever told me that maybe you should ask God what, you, what you're supposed to do. Uh, I just assume that you decide and you kind of just ask God to bless it. And that's another reason that I found myself at engineering at engineering school with my high school girlfriend instead of uh, somewhere else. Anyway, uh, God began to ask me to lay down that thing. Um, and it, it it had a lot of different facets because engineering wasn't just about engineering. It was about the paycheck and the comfort and the security and like, a big part of it was the fact that I could be very comfortable and secure. I, as a college student at that age of life, I had learned to control my fear by controlling my surroundings. If I didn't put myself into any kind of anxiety inducing situation, then I wouldn't have to deal with anxiety and bada bing, bada boom out by noon, you know, like it's, it's easy to deal with. Um, and so engineering was kind of a bandaid to my anxiety. Like, there was there's nothing particularly insane about showing up to an engineering firm you know um that that was something that i felt like i could stomach that was something i felt like i could do anyway so god begins to ask me to lay these things down and then one of the things that broke the camel's back was in sp spring break of that year i had headed home and a good friend of mine charlie uh we've been friends since high school we, uh, he, he had been going through his own crazy life transformation and he shared that many times on the podcast as well. And he says, Hey, this summer, I'm going to go do this missions training in the middle of nowhere. And I want you to come with me. And I thought about it and I, God had already been working on my heart at this point. And I said, you know what? Sure. But see what was going on in my mind was I'll never be a missionary. There's a 0.0% chance that I'm ever leaving the United States, even for a short-term trip. Like, I, I'm just not doing that. Uh, my understanding of Africa and the rest of the world was so insanely poor. Um, like, I had a poor understanding that I thought, man, if I step foot in Africa, I'm going to die. And I know that sounds like a joke, but I thought that was true. Like, I was that ignorant. I was that naive. Anyway. So I make the excuse in my head, well, I'll go do this missions training with Charlie, but just as his buddy, like I'll just be like a support buddy for him, not thinking that God would do something crazy in my life. So we go and do this missions training in that summer and we show up the first day and the, the leader says, this is actually a three-part training. The first part happens here in the middle of nowhere. And then the next part happens in 
Africa or some other place around the world. And then the third part happens when you come with your own vision and we're going to launch you to go out and make disciples. And I'm like, there's a 0% chance that I would ever do more than this training. Because remember, I'm just here to support Charlie. <laughs> so we go through the training and God begins to wreck my heart. And it, it's not a burden. Um, like the Lord later burdened me with like a heart for the the nations and for people who don't know him. The way he began to wreck me was he began to say, hey, you aren't willing to follow me no matter what. Like you're willing to follow me if it's comfortable, it's, if it's easy, if it's uh, if it's kind of like in in matching with the American dream. But you're not really willing to follow me wherever I might lead you. And so he asked me another question. He said, would you let me lead you? Would you would you be willing to follow me wherever I take you? And my answer became uh, <laughs> it took it took some time. Uh, I would say it was probably a six month process of me getting to the point where the answer to that question was an emphatic yes. But before that process could happen, um, I found myself faced with the decision of would I do part two of this training? And it was interesting because the very night that the person that this person came and asked me, hey, do you want to do this training? God had been working on my heart yet again. And uh, he he had been dealing specifically with this fear and anxiety. Like, hey, would you be willing to say fear? You have no like you're not going to listen to your fear and you're not going to try and control your environment in order to control your fear, but you're going to come to me with it. Would you be willing to lay it down at my feet? And I said, yes. And then I felt like he said, so you should go to, you should go on this, this trip, which ended up being in Africa. And that's going to be how you put this, this, this belief or this truth that you're saying is true for you in our relationship. That's how you're going to put that into practice. And literally, I'd listened to that to a message, a sermon that led me to that conclusion, the Lord speaking to me through that message. And then I was walking from the place where the sermon was happening to the place where I was sleeping that night. And a voice from behind me said, so you come into Africa with me? And I said, yes. I, I had no idea that God would make me make that decision right then and there and then follow it up with a real concrete yes at a later time. And the interesting thing was I was expecting to be filled with anxiety, but instead I was filled with excitement. Uh, something had changed in me to the point that like, I, I, I actually just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to do this. So God was working. Uh, I've shared kind of what happened in the fall of that year with you guys all many times, but basically the living Jesus, uh, from the platform that he had built that previous summer launched into my life and and radically changed me from the inside out and one of the most significant things that he changed in me was my anxiety it had so much less power all of a sudden like the the question in my mind went from how do i control my environment in order to control my anxiety to how do i how do I do the thing that God's calling me to do? And if I experience anxiety, what do I do to deal with it? And uh, lo the Lord has been really, really faithful. 
Um, I know I started this podcast by saying like less than 24 hours ago, I had an anxiety attack. So how do you reconcile that with everything? Well, um, I, I don't really fully know, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I know what Jesus did for me in the fall of 2012 and how he transformed me from the inside out and how he changed me. I also know that I still experience an attack of anxiety here or there. Um, it maybe happens three, four times a year, but generally around the times that I go traveling on a mission trip. Um, and the cool thing is that that anxiety doesn't prevent me from doing what God's calling me to do. Like, even though I'm filled with fear, I still take a step and say, Jesus, I'm going to do this because I know you're with me and I know you are, are present and I know you're going to, like, you have my days numbered and like, I don't have to worry, like, I don't have to worry, even though my body worries my mind and heart don't worry. <laughs> I know that might sound totally insane, but like, I don't know. Uh, it's been a reality for me my whole life where my physical body has a hard time experiencing the same thing that my brain is experiencing. So like when my brain says we have no fear, my body still shakes <laughs> like with fear or when my brain says, hey, we need to go to sleep and stop being so excited about what God's going to do tomorrow. My body still is like, no, we're wide awake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're excited. Um, whatever, I, I, I don't fully understand all these things, but I can tell you that the way that I deal with this and the way that I get to the other side is by bringing my worries and anxieties to the Lord. Um, because I was such a fearful, anxious person growing up, I memorized a lot of scriptures about fear and anxiety. One of them being, be anxious about nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And that was a really good scripture for me to memorize because it's it's practical. Basically, when you feel anxiety, Take your anxieties to take your anxiety to the Lord and submit them to him and be thankful that he's present in those in those moments. And then he'll give you his peace. And that has been true consistently for me for the last 10, you know, 11 years of my life, ever since 2012. When I take my anxieties to the Lord, he cares for them, which isn't a paraphrase of another passage. Um, he, he does, he, he takes away my fear. And, uh, so last night and this morning, as I'm dealing through this, like kind of extended nighttime anxiety problem thing that happened, uh, I, I began to pray and I said, Hey Lord, I, I know that this is what you're calling me to. I know that you're going to be at work and moving in the midst of this. And I praise you for the opportunity. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to get rid of this anxiety and fear and that I could walk forward confidently. And I mean, it, I, I know not everybody experiences this, but for me, it was, it's kind of like flipping a switch. Um, as soon as I 
take it to the Lord, it's like he wa- his peace washes over me. Uh, even in this very moment, I'm just feeling his peace wash over me. Uh, I guess the goal of this podcast was, was, I have a few goals. Goal number one was to say, hey, even though you hear Charlie and I and others being very bold uh, about the truth of the gospel and saying, hey, we got to get after it, doesn't mean we don't face fear and insecurity and all, like we face all of those same things that all of you face um, as you seek to be a part of God's mission. Um, so goal number one was just to say, Hey, I am not some, something special. (laughs) Like I have these real legitimate struggles and, uh, they're real. And I know they're real for other people as well. Uh, goal number two was to say, if you're experiencing those kind of difficult struggles, I want to make sure that you know that God cares to be an active role in it. And I'm not against counseling or anything like that. Um, I, my wife is a licensed professional counselor. Like, I, I think that that's a great pathway for many people. I, I would also encourage you, in addition to whatever kind of treatment you feel like the Lord might be leading you to, that his word is true and that you can trust him and take him at his word. So when he says, bring me your anxiety and I'll deal with it, he's not joking. He's not playing a trick on you. He's not He's not trying to just be hyperbolic or, or use fancy words. Like he's, he's saying something that's true. And the true reality is, is that when, when you bring your anxieties to him, he, he, he gives you his peace. Um, and then I would say goal number three is if, if as you engage the mission of God, you experience these things like I have, and you continue to experience these things, I just, I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, that God, that, that we as brothers and sisters, we're, we're experiencing similar things. And, uh, and the good news is, is that we serve a God who, who is not distant. Um, he is up close. He's nearby. He is God with us. And, uh, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you if you follow Jesus. And so you have everything you need in order to take steps boldly forward for the gospel, regardless, regardless of whatever you might be experiencing in your life. Um, I, I encourage you, uh, to not allow anxiety and fear to control and manipulate you. God did not create us to be controlled and led by fear. He created us with a to to be controlled and led by him. And when we and we can and I know I know as someone who's experienced anxiety attacks how out of control it feels. We can choose Jesus in those moments. And it might not be an immediate response and it might not be, wow, like that, that was fixed right away, but we can choose Jesus in those moments. Anyway, um, I hope that this podcast serves as an encouragement, uh, an encouragement that, Hey, even people who have been doing this a long time still feel these things An encouragement that, Hey, God is active and alongside and with you in the midst of these things. And a third encouragement, hey, 
Like, if you're facing these things, don't allow them to to control and manipulate you to the point that you don't take the step of faith and engage the mission that God's calling you to engage. Um, allow God to have more control over you than your fear does. First <laughs> uh, John chapter four: Perfect love casts out fear. I've thought about that verse quite a bit, and uh, I often go back to it with the understanding that because I have Jesus, his perfect love, I have nothing really to fear, which is good news, <laughs> which is really good news. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on or joining me on this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. God bless.